Amen. If you want to open your Bible at John chapter 20, uh, we're going to be looking at a great story, a great truth, a great promise of the resurrection. John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, hallelujah, Christ is risen. Amen. And what a beautiful weekend of weather we have had so far. Don't we agree? Thank you, Lord. Now, as most of you will be aware, I started a a year ago, in fact, a very successful Instagram channel called uh, ministridge.garden. And uh, subsequently, others have tried to follow me and do the same. 
porter.coffee. But believe me, mine is the one to watch and to follow. I started it over the pandemic uh, season because I, I developed a love for gardening. And we've just passed the season, haven't we, winter, where the garden looks dead. It looks hopeless. The days are short. It's cold. It looks like nothing at all can grow in that environment. Now, my ministerage.garden account is pretty quiet in the wintertime. To be honest, I just give up. But hey ho. <clears throat> and if you were to look at the account, you would think that nothing is happening in my garden. On the surface, it looks grim, it looks dull, and it looks lifeless. But now, today especially, I've been out there for two hours this morning, it's all springing forth into life. And believe me, there will be pictures, videos, and updates coming like Billio from now on, because spring has come. Now, the great reformer Martin Luther wrote this, our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. So now each morning as I walk in my garden with my morning coffee, the promise of the resurrection is literally written in every plant, in every blade of grass, in every bit of blossom, in every leaf. And spring may be the season of resurrection, folks, but it gets better than that. We are resurrection people and we carry the promise and the power of resurrection within us today. Now we know, don't we, that everything here on earth has to die at some point. We only have to look at creation and see that creation all around us screams resurrection, doesn't it? Just three months ago, from the midst of a dark winter, a leaf from our little laurel hedge in the garden looked like this. Brown, crusty, lifeless, no goodness left in it. But now, look how lush and full of life this laurel leaf looks. You see, if a leaf can speak of resurrection, how much more can Jesus' resurrection speak life to you and me today? And that's what we celebrate. That is the Easter message for all of us, that after the dark of Good Friday, on the third day, there is resurrection life. This is the good news we celebrate today, church, that Jesus is alive, that he is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Now take a look with me at verse one. Verse one of chapter 20, Mary heads out to the tomb while it is still dark. Now just think about it. She would have been utterly exhausted 
carrying all the grief, all the pain of seeing her rabbi and her close friend die in such a torturous way. But she was compelled out of love and out of loyalty to go and anoint Jesus' body. She expected Jesus' body to be lying there. She gets there. The stone had been moved away. She runs to tell Peter and John and says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Now friends, Mary here is still living with a Good Friday mindset. She's living in a Good Friday world. She thinks that Jesus is still dead and that his body has perhaps been stolen. She hasn't yet got it that resurrection was the plan. And so Mary is weeping as if she hadn't cried enough since the death of Jesus. And then two angels appear, sitting exactly where Jesus' body should be laying. And they ask Mary why she is crying. She says, they have taken my Lord away and I don't know where they have put him. The penny hasn't dropped. Do you ever watch telly, maybe a film, and um, someone or something is about to happen and, um, to, to someone else in the film, and you can see it very clearly about what, what's going to happen, but the character involved doesn't. And so you find yourself shouting at the telly in your living room saying, just turn around and you'll see it. Pay attention. Look. It's there. Of course, the television cannot hear us, nor can the characters. But this is a situation, isn't it? Where if we were watching this story played out in front of us here and now, I'd be shouting at Mary saying, Mary, turn around. Look, his body hasn't been stolen. Jesus is here. He is alive. Perhaps today you feel a little bit like Mary. It's dark. You know the tomb is empty, but the reality of the resurrection doesn't feel quite real now for you. You feel robbed of life. And my encouragement to you, if this resonates with you in this moment is just to hold these thoughts before Jesus and ask him to speak resurrection life to you today and why would you bother you may ask because God knows the desires of each of our hearts he knows And so what happens next in this story? Mary turned around and saw Jesus with her own eyes. But she didn't yet recognise him. Which is strange, you may think. She said, she looked at Jesus and said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him. And I will get him. She thought the risen Jesus was the gardener. 
She was looking right at him, but couldn't recognize him. You see, the, the distractions of her own hopelessness and despair impaired her ability to see Jesus, the risen and living hope. Now, just maybe, just maybe Mary's reaction here represents something of humanity's inability to recognize Jesus for who he is. Do we sometimes struggle to acknowledge the presence of Jesus in our own lives? But what happens? Jesus, and this is significant, church, Jesus calls her by name. He says, Mary. And immediately, she knew. She knew it was Jesus. Rabboni, she responds. It's her teacher, alive. You see, Jesus calls you and me. He calls us by name. In fact, earlier in John's gospel, Jesus says he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You see, as Mary recognised Jesus' voice and her name was called, her life was immediately transformed in that moment. Death destroyed, fear gone. In the garden that morning, Mary's life went from darkness to perpetual light. Her hope is found in the risen Jesus Christ. And guess what, church? We can all experience that same resurrection hope too today. This turnaround from death to life. Now, at our baptism, if you are baptised, you may or may not remember, but these words were spoken over you. In baptism, God calls us out of darkness into his marvellous light. To follow Christ means dying to sin and rising to new life with him. We remember the resurrection power. It was spoken at us, over us at our baptism. And we are called to daily remember that God calls us out of darkness into his marvellous light. Just put your hand up if you want to be living in perpetual light forevermore. Are you sure about that?
this is life-changing stuff. Now, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, oh, I'm not actually baptised. But you recognise Jesus for who he is, the risen saviour of the world. And you want to move from that place of darkness to perpetual, marvellous light. So why not come? Why not be baptised? Even today, Ben is willing to baptise, as is Adam, I'm sure. In baptism, we share in Christ's resurrection, in rising to new life. You see, resurrection power is for all of us. It's for all of us here today. Amen? Even water's life-giving, isn't it? But nothing beats Jesus. C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Now, whether our faith is true and therefore of infinite importance, all hangs on the resurrection, literally. This is life-changing truth today, church. Look at verse 3, what happens? The disciples ran. They were excited. They knew what was happening. They maybe remembered Jesus saying that he was going to rise from the dead. This was the moment he had been speaking about. And now they've heard from Mary that the tomb is empty. And they run towards it to see if it's true. And if it is, it changes everything. You see, it changes how we see death, sickness, pain, every aspect of life as we know it. Because we will always have reason to rejoice. You see, the resurrection turns our sorrows into joy and death will soon be no more. It means we can live resurrection life right now, here on earth. And the resurrection, this moment, should guide our every moment, day by day. His will, not ours, Lord. Now Peter entered the tomb first. He saw the strips of grave clothes neatly piled. Guys, this pile of grave clothes was ordered Something hadn't gone wrong. It was just as it was meant to be. Then John entered the tomb. Verse 8. And what happened? And this is significant for us. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. Now John was an intellectual man. He probably reasoned in his mind in this situation there and then processing what on earth could have possibly gone wrong here. What's the reason behind this missing body? And he worked through all possible scenarios in his head. But he concluded in both his mind and in his heart that yes, the tomb was empty, but more than that, Jesus Christ has indeed risen from the dead. And from that moment, he was prepared to base his whole life on it. 
And this is a little bit like what it, it's like for, for you and for me. A bit of a story. Can you imagine a tightrope stretched over a quarter of a mile and spanning the breadth of Niagara Falls? The thundering sound of the pounding water drowning out all other sounds as you watch a man step onto the rope and walk across. This stunning feat was made by Charles Blondin, famous in the summer of 1859. He walked 160 feet above the falls several times back and forth between Canada and the United States as huge crowds on both sides looked on with shock and awe. Once he crossed in a sack, once on stilts, another time on a bicycle, and once he even carried a stove and cooked an omelette. On July the 15th, Blondin walked backward across the tightrope to Canada and returned pushing a wheelbarrow. The Blondin story is told that it was after pushing the wheelbarrow across while blindfolded that he actually asked for some audience participation. The crowds had watched and they'd gone, ooh, ah. He had proven that he could do it. There was no doubt. But now he was asking for a volunteer to step into the wheelbarrow and take a ride across the tightrope from one side to the other. Would you do it? It is said that he asked the audience, do you believe I can carry a person across in this wheelbarrow? And of course the crowd shouted, yes, we believe it. And then Blondin posed the question, so who will get into the wheelbarrow? And no one did. You see, the crowd said that they believed, but their actions told another story. Friends, the tomb isn't empty. He is alive. Do we understand the significance of this? Jesus' resurrection demonstrates the defeat of death. Amen? We no longer need to fear death when we are in Christ. Amen? For the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and lives in me. Amen? So we will be raised to life. Amen? Do you get it? Jesus is actively seeking you. He is seeking you. Will you get into the wheelbarrow of seeing and believing and be like John who saw and believed? Will our hallelujahs just be empty words? Or will our hallelujahs be ones that demand our lives, our all. You see, the door has been opened. The stone has rolled away and the resurrection is here and now. Easter life 
is for all of us. And my prayer, my prayer for all of us here, myself included today, is that like Mary, we would hear his voice. We would hear our names called by Jesus today. That we would answer him. And that we would know in our hearts that Jesus is alive. And my prayer is that like John, in our hearts, in our minds, we would simply see and believe that Christ is risen. Amen. So, will our hallelujahs be empty words? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.